Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On HBCU Podcast, the only daily podcast covering HBCU sports, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Reggie Flood. You can find me on Twitter at rflood28, host of the longest running sports show in Louisiana, the Jaguar Journal, host of the daily radio show, The Sports Report on WBOK in New Orleans and a proud HBCU alum. On today's episode, we have my man, Tolly Carr, and my other man, Mo Carter. They're back, and we're talking MEAC football, breaking it down, talking about the all MEAC team, and we're going to talk about the order of finish. Who's predicted to win the MEAC? Fellas, welcome to the show. What's up, Reggie? We can talk MEAC football. Just don't have me talk about versus because I am the only black man in America that did not watch the locks and the dip set versus. All my friends are talking about it. I, look, look, I'll say this. You're not the only one. I didn't watch it, but I heard Kiss, Jada Kiss did his thing. So I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less. I don't know who, who, who thought the locks and dip set would be a good versus. But, you know, that's just me. Mo, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, doing good, Reggie. Um, I caught bits and pieces of that versus. And, yeah, shout out to Jada Kiss for, you know, basically carrying the team in that one. <laughs> yeah. but, but, unfortunately, yeah, it, it just didn't go in the facet that a lot of people would have thought from that. But also, too, I saw a lot of social media hype and whatnot. I've got a lot of friends who are fans of, you know, of East Coast New York rappers. So, Got a gist of it just a little bit here and there. That's right. But at the same time, too, still feeling good, man. You know, in those in those crisp early days, right before camp starts, all across the nation. Exactly, camp camp is starting. Players, uh, a lot of teams report tomorrow. Some players, some teams have already reported. A lot of teams report tomorrow. The MEAC, the all MEAC is out. We already we did the all SWAC team. We did uh, talked about the order of finishing the SWAC. Let's get into it, guys. Talk about the MEAC a little bit. They have a uh, – this is a big change for the MEAC. They're down to six teams. They've lost North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, and they've lost Bethune-Cookman. So this is a new a new day for the MEAC. What does it look like for them in this new era? Wow. It looks it looks thinner. It, it's like the hair <laughs> on the top of my head, man. It, every, every year it's, it's getting thinner and thinner. Um, you know, I was looking at the all, uh, you know, MEAC uh, preseason teams. I know we're going to get into it. And I was like, wow, man, it, there's a lot of Delaware State players this year. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, uh, you don't have any FAMU players on the team this year. You don't have any Bethune players. You don't have any Aggies dominating the team. So uh, that's the product that they're going to put out there. There are six teams. Uh, they're going to fight for a championship. And, and those guys are going to be awarded you know, accolades each week. And at the end of the year, one of those six is going to bring home a trophy and it's not going to matter to them that they didn't have to go through A&T. They didn't have to go through FAMU or Bethune because that's the new reality of the MEAC. Yeah, that's how all I can play all the teams that are on the schedule. What do you what do you say about that, Mo? I had similar feelings to what um what Tyler was saying. You know, the fact that, man, for the first time in law knows how ever long, yeah, North Carolina a and not on there. The Florida schools on on there, so basically it's a brand new day for MEAC football, and a new champion will rise for this upcoming season. And yeah, like we said too, we know that the MEAC literally is only down to six teams. So out of those six teams, somebody has the rise to be a champion and will represent 
the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference in December for the 2021 Celebration Bowl. Who will it be? Well, we'll have to see. But right now, it looks like South Carolina State is listed as the favorite, which I guess in a nutshell, you could I can see why most people can say that, especially since, you know, they had the better record during the spring. And out of the teams that had left from the previous year, they were the next best team records-wise. But Buddy Pugh will tell you that they still need to play things on the um, on the schedule. And speaking of their schedule, yeah, their schedule isn't easy at all, even before they get into uh, MIAC play. But that's why you take things week by week. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, going into it, you, you this is something that we never would have thought, you know, fam, you and Bethune to the SWAC, and then you you look at the MIAC and – the constant there, there's one team that's still in the MEAC that's always been in the mix, South Carolina State, and they're still in the mix over there. Uh, they have the, the the predicted preseason defensive player of the year, the Kobe Durant. Uh, Buddy Pugh is the, uh, the 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 dean of coaches over there. What well, the I think he may be the dean of coaches in HBCU football. Period. But you know, talk about. Talk about that and talk about that program at South Carolina State and just, you know, the expectations in, in terms of what what their order, you know, the MEAC order finish. Well, Reggie, it, it's kind of funny that, you, you know, that you mentioned uh, Buddy Pugh uh, when they were at the MEAC uh, media days. It was really, really, you know, he was like really, really just lax. And when Jay Walker was like, hey, is it Oliver Pugh? Is it Buddy Pugh? And he was like, well, you can call me Oliver, but you want to call me. But, you know, like he was like real, real lax and whatnot. And considering the fact like this is a guy that's South Carolina State through and through. I mean, South Carolina, he is South Carolina State when you look at the definition of SCSU football and almost really for athletics as well. So, yeah, they've been in the fold. They've been in the mix. And now I think a lot of people are looking at them to take that next step when it comes to being, you know, the next MEAC champion. But as I mentioned earlier, Reggie, man, you look at this schedule. I mean, their non-conference slate is no joke. They start off at Alabama A&M, a team that beat them 31-7 to back in the spring. They go to Clemson. They go to New Mexico State. Then they see some familiar foes in Bethune-Cookman and then traveling to Florida A&M before they even get their MEAC slate even rolling um, on October 16th against Morgan State and Delaware State. And, you know, as you continue to look through some things, they're going to face North Carolina A&T a non-conference game as well before wrapping things up in Norfolk State. So, man, you know, the chips will fall where they may for South Carolina State. It's not going to be the easiest road to the Celebration Bowl, but if they can get through this, then they'll definitely be well-deserving of it. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Tali? You know, you had a chance to look at North, Car North South Carolina State. I'm sorry. They are predicted to be the number one team in the MEAC. You know, they have a veteran coach. They're all they've always been in the mix anyway. Is this is this just the easy pick or has South Carolina State earned that spot? Look, guys, you look at that schedule, South Carolina State can win the SWAC East and the MEAC. They, they can be <laughs> they can be division champs and conference champs if, if they go through <laughs> and, 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 and 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 be in the mix in, in the big south as well. Uh, you know, South Carolina State, real quick on their schedule, Reggie, you know, they were one of those teams in the MEAC that said, uh, you might be leaving, but you're still going to honor <laughs> the games yeah. you got to play with us. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina State held on to everybody uh, that was leaving the MEAC. But look, the Bulldogs have been there, man. They're, they're always like at that second level, like, you know, fam, you got their stuff together. And then, you know, they had the, the sanctions and, you know, A&T and fam, you back and forth. But 
you start to go back and look at all those years we had the outright ties. Uh, I mean, not the outright ties, but we had those ties and the MIAC, well, good Lord, you know, half the conference uh, won the championship. You know, South Carolina State was right there, 2013, 2014, 2019. Uh, they had a really dominant run for two years there in 2008 and 2009. So, you know, they are a team that's always been right on the edge, uh, if not winning a championship, you know, in the last, you know, decade, give or take a few years there. Exactly. Guys, I have to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With every increase in numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You know, you go in there and you ask the question and then, you you, you know, you ask about a part and they say, well, what model do you have? Do you have the DX, the LX? And you're like, oh, man, I have to go back out here and figure all of this out. Well, not at Rock Auto. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box and let them know that you heard about it on the locked on hbcu podcast or rockauto.com it's amazing selections reliable low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so guys you know talking about rock auto the second place team in the league is led by a guy who was a rock and coaching at Southern University for nine years. Unexpected move, but now a guy who is a veteran who had been the dean of SWAT coaches decides he's going to take his talent to Norfolk State University. Coach Dawson Odoms is now the leader of the Norfolk State football team, and they're predicted to finish second in the preseason rankings. Well, Norfolk State definitely is getting a gem of a coach as a fellow Southern University alumnus like yourself. So we've been always appreciative of what Coach Odoms did. He definitely left Southern University in a better position than what he definitely um, founded when he got there and whatnot. Now he brings his no-nonsense attitude to a school like Norfolk State. He's got the... MEAC preseason offensive player of the year in uh, Jawan Carter. Not a bad last name for a guy who, <laughs> who was second in passing in 2019, averaging nearly 220 yards uh, per game through the air. But he's also a dual threat as well. So, you know, when you look at a guy like that, he's got some weapons around him. I think just now he takes the athleticism that the Spartans have. He adds his own wrinkle to it. And I think they're going to be in the fold and be in the mix, of course. But you know me, Reggie. Got to take a look at the schedule. And, I mean, Norfolk State, South Carolina State, last regular season game of the year. Who knows? It could come down to that to decide the MEAC title and going to the Celebration Bowl. Definitely. Tolly, what do you say about that? What do you think about Norfolk State? Well, it looks like they're going to be a dangerous team on the perimeter offensively. And, and Reggie, we got to keep your show 100% authentic. The preseason player of the year, uh, the most seasoned quarterback in the MEAC, Jawan Carter, preferred nickname Pootie. Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. Pootie yeah. Tang. <laughs> so, so the real Pootie now is Jawan Carter. And look, he's earned the name uh, Mr. Carter uh, for the way that he has played. And he has some weapons. You got Kevin Johnson. A uh, sophomore running back, he's first team preseason offense. But then you look at, at this lineup that he has out here. He's got a tight end in uh, Sean McFarland, and he's got two offensive linemen, uh, first team all MEAC as well, Sean McFarland and Justin uh, Red. So when you got guys that can block, you got a guy that can run, and you got two guys out there that can catch the ball. 
uh, that could spell a lot of trouble for other teams out there in the MEAC. And defensively, uh, maybe, you know, when you, when you look at the preseason uh, predictions, a little stronger on the front end of that defense. They've got one, two, three of their defensive linemen, first-team defense. So that looks like you're going to have to deal with Norfolk State's quarterback, and your quarterback is going to have to deal with the defensive line. But here's another thing a lot of people aren't going to talk about. Reggie, people do not come on your show talking about punters and place kickers. Yes. <laughs> but the two best, you talk about South Carolina State and Norfolk State playing last game of the year. Anything could happen, potentially tight ball game. I'd feel a lot better as a Norfolk State fan if I have the best punter and the best place kicker uh, in my back pocket. There are three phases to the game. It's oh, no, not- absolutely, man. Absolutely. I played with a guy named Josh Durant at Southern University, and you talk about a punter who could change the trajectory of somebody's offense. Man, that guy used to boot it, and he literally came on true freshman. As a matter of fact, 2007 um, Bayou Classic, that guy should have been the MVP of the game the way he was basically putting Grambling back inside their 20 and having long field. So I definitely know what you mean about um, that when it comes to special teams, Tali. The coffin corner, man. It pays off. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it definitely does. Uh, but, you know, you look at you look at Norfolk State. They come in with Coach Odoms, and you, you think – you wonder if they're going to, if they're buying into Coach Odom's philosophy. You know, Coach Odom's is a hard-nosed, no-nonsense kind of guy, but he's known as a player's coach. So you wonder if these guys, are, are they buying into the philosophy, you know, or, or are they going to pick up on the things? Because Coach Odom's, he comes in with the credentials of being so successful. So I, that, I think that's going to be one of the keys that if they well, buy into his program. Let me ask you this, Reggie. No, knowing the, the the gruffy side of Coach Odom's, like we do in the media, what is the option if you don't buy in? <laughs> like, what happens then? It, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, you can hit the road <laughs> at the transfer portal. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a multiple choice uh, equation. Like, do you buy in or not, A or B? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's gonna put it to you real simple, gentlemen, because that's his favorite word, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you think that there are principalities to his method of madness still over there, too? <laughs> it's always about the principality, Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> see, as long see, as they you... don't play with his emotions. But Coach Otis, great guy. He, I think he'll do a, a great job. Uh, the MEAC has become such an interesting conference now. And, and you're seeing teams like, you know, in North Carolina Central, what are the, you know, what are the positives? What can you say about them that says, hey, they are definitely in the mix. They are, they're a dark horse team, a team that you might want to look out for. You know, I, I think for when I look at North Carolina Central, the thing I think about, um, you know, they, they're trying to get back to the to the to that short but golden era of, of Jerry Mack when he was there and uh, taking them to the Celebration Bowl and. And that was a memorable game, if you guys remember how that one uh, ended. Um, Very memorable. Uh, you know, uh, I, I won't go there either. I, I have no fraternities. Uh, I won't. Even, you guys know what happened. There, there was a little extra celebration there that, that cost potentially uh, Central the game there. Uh, yes. But you know, Oliver's is a unique situation. You know, he comes in. You know, he's the '80s. You know, pick and you know he's a Central grad. You know, he kind of had that shine coming in from Southern. 
And Central had gone through that kind of weird year of an interim coach coming off Jerry Mack and, you know, Oliver's kind of getting his his system in place and then COVID hits and then he kind of gets some turnover. So this is going to be an interesting year uh, because, you know, he was really a a popular pick as the coach, but with, you know, things beyond his control and everybody had to deal with it. But I think it maybe affected a new coach like him more, man, missing that year and breaking that momentum, uh, I think maybe hurts a, a younger coach, uh, at least from the head coaching perspective uh, with Oliver there at Central, maybe than some of the other guys like, you know, Buddy Pugh, you know, who can deal, has been there as long as Methuselah, and, you know, he can he can deal and, and handle with those things. So if, if Oliver can keep that momentum and that excitement that was there uh, from his first year and, and whatever they've been able to do to carry that through the culture of, of missing a whole season, um, I think will be the thing to watch with uh, North Carolina Central and their potential this season. I tell you what, if you are looking, they are the dark horse pick, dark horse pick in the conference at, at third place. But if you're looking for a place to place a bet, go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, and UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, over to go over the bet line. Go over the bet line. I'm telling you, go over there and do it as soon as you can on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website for your with on your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book. Promo code locked on. You know Trey Oliver from from, at, from his time at Southern. He's at Central now. Uh, a, he's a Central guy. He he really wanted to get back there, but with everything that's going on, like Tali talked about, they're still you know have has this program probably benefited the most from the uh, from the other teams leaving the conference. No, absolutely. I really do think that because as Tali mentioned earlier, we recall a time where Central was either playing for a spot in the Celebration Bowl or playing for a spot in the FCS playoffs. It was not that long ago. And then some transitions happening. Jerry McLeese, Granville Eastman takes over. He does pretty well. He gets caught up in like a year where I think there was like a five-way tie or something in the MEAC, and they have to go to like the Saragin or Sagarian ratings. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, yeah, they went to that or whatever, and then Eastman, you know, eventually comes here to Alabama A&M to be the defense coordinator. So Trey's followed, you know, there. And, of course, I know – I know a guy like, well, I know I've met Trey Oliver a couple of times, Coach Oliver. And I mean, he can, you can tell that he's happy to be back home and whatnot. And anybody wants to be back at the alma mater. Now he wants to kind of really get them back to those glory years and benefiting from the fact that the Florida schools, along with A&T, aren't there. They have that outside shot and outside opportunity, kind of like your dark horse mode. And honestly, I really think offensively, it's going to all start with their running back, Isaiah Totten. A um all-conference guy selected as a preseason all-conference guy. Kind of looking at the stats right now. He's ranked seventh all-time um on the rushing list, over 2,100 yards, five yards a carry. 
that is not bad. There, you give it to him two times, boom, you didn't pick up a first down and you're moving the change on, on that. So I think, like, their offense is going to really surround him. It's just going to be a matter of can they find ways to also get the ball to some of their other offensive weapons. And, of course, when you kind of take a look at some things, you know, the meat of their schedule, if you talk about Norfolk and you talk about South Carolina State, they're kind of in the middle of that MEAC schedule. So I guess we'll know where NC Central stands at really by the first week of November. But can they be a team that really, you know, makes some noise? Absolutely. But at the same time, of course, we know who they're trying to catch, which is SCSU and Coach Odoms and Norfolk State. That's right. Now, guys, you know, there's always a, a, a team in the conference that plays above their heads or they, 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 they are much better than people know in the preseason and they come out at the end of the year and you find them in the top half of the conference. Who's that team in the MEAC? You know, Morgan State has been the giant killer uh, when, you know, nobody could beat A&T and A&T was on fire. You know, Morgan State came right in there and got the job done. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley, you know, that's a, that's a household name, uh, at least if you're of a certain age. You know, mm-hmm. house, household yes. names, as, as we get older, you start to realize there's some people <laughs> – Coming behind you, that they got a different set of household names. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but for everybody on this podcast, we all know Tyrone Wheatley, uh, and, and he's a pretty tough cookie. If if you read some of the things uh, that that he's had to say <laughs> about coaching, uh, but then you know Morgan State will, will beat A and T, and then they'll come back and lose some games, and you're like Morgan, what happened? So you know you want them to find a level of consistency here in the Gang of Six. Uh, Howard, here, here's my caveat about Howard. Howard probably more than any other school in the MEAC benefits from when we have surges of the the rising tide of HBCUs. Uh, they've had a couple of, of of linemen that they've signed recently. Uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good ratings uh, for for what they got and the competition they were in. But but when people across the country start to get excited about HBCUs and there becomes a shift. Uh, who benefits? Morehouse, Howard, Howard, Morehouse, Howard Spelman. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> there, there's a handful, of, a handful of schools that just come to the top, uh, and I think that that, that exposure level, uh, Howard is always in a position to take advantage of that, maybe a little bit more uh, than other people. So I like some of the signings they've had uh, this summer, and look, that that whole Ron Prince thing was just a fiasco. Yes. Uh, and and yeah. when you make when you make bad decisions like that with personnel, a lot of times it affects you longer. You you can fire them quickly, but the damage and the recouping from that damage can can take a little longer. But uh, Larry Scott's in there. He's he's a guy with a, a lot of experience from the SEC. Uh, a lot of people put a lot of value on that in, in certain situations. So. It'll be he did have a few games this spring, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what the new culture of Howard is like uh, as they try to to rise back here. Uh, it's just been an eventful what four years from Howard. They've been all over the place. Let's see if they can get yeah, it going back. From, in the, they go right from direction. upsetting UNLV to having to fire a coach in a, among uh, amid scandal. So it's it's been an up and down ride for them. Uh, sort of like. The MEAC, before we get out of here, guys, let's talk about the, the MEAC and what do we see for the future? They've got, he's got to, you know, got to make some things happen and whatnot because, for instance, you know, with the MEAC, yeah, you're getting away with six football teams and whatnot, but there are other 
there are other sports that you really, really have to kind of think about. Baseball is one that I'm really, really concerned about because, of course, um, because of like just the way things are. And right now, I think the NCAA gave them like two or three years to get either a new full time member for baseball or maybe two more because they're going to lose the automatic bids. You never want to be in that situation where you lose those automatic bids because losing automatic bids also means that you're losing revenue as well. Lots of revenue. I think people don't understand that revenue from the NCAA that's sent back to the schools or whatever impacts everybody, impacts every single sport. Revenue that's made from the NCAA basketball tournament doesn't only impact the basketball teams, it's going to impact your non-revenue sports as well. And it kind of goes a long way. Dr. Kenyatta Conville from our, uh, from, you know, our good brother from inside the HBCU uh, sports lab talks about this all the time with the sports analytics. So as far as the conference, I really think the next person in charge has got to make some big moves quickly to kind of get this conference off of life support. I mean, they're hanging on by a string, but how long can they do it? I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that, Mo. Tali, I, I appreciate you and Morel, you and Mo Carter joining me. Mo, tell them where they can find you online. All right. So, of course, uh, my website, rockcitynow.com backslash sports. On Twitter, you can find me at at Mo Carter, W-Z-D-X. That's M-O-C-A-R-T-E-R-W-Z-D-X. And also on Facebook, you can find me at uh, Mo Carter, WZDX News, covering the SEC, covering the SWAC, covering minor league programs here. But, you know, my big emphasis is HBCU sports. I've lived it. I've played it. And now I'm covering it primarily with Alabama A&M, the reigning SWAC champions. And their head coach is in the MEAC Hall of Fame. And that's Coach Connell Maynard. And let you tell, let him tell it. He's the greatest athlete to ever come out of that conference. And he, <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I should put a woo on the end of that. Tali, HBCU game day. Thank you for joining us, man. Let them know where they can find you on social media. Okay, don't waste your time following me on Twitter because I don't tweet. Let's get straight to the point. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to hbcugameday.com. Sign up for updates. You can get news right to your inbox. But go there. That, that is the lifeline of our business, hbcugameday.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the popular places. Keyword HBCU Game Day. Tali Carr, Morel Carter, I want to thank you guys for joining us, man. It's been great. MEAC, SWAC, it's almost football season, man. You can smell it in the air. Zero week is almost here, man. Thank y'all for joining us. Yes, sir, Richard. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. And don't forget, we're here every day talking HBCU sports, culture, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and tune in for the best exclusive and real coverage of HBCU sports here on Locked On HBCU.